0: joining us here on Design Plug. You have a pretty impressive resume, man. How did you get started being a tech entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I guess I started off with uh, my senior year at UNT. Mm-hmm. One of my buddies, he was graduated from FAMU. He just moved back to the area and um, it was a neat. Uh, we wanted, we've always started uh, talked about like starting businesses and stuff when I was at like East. Uh, we were at East mm-hmm. together actually. Oh
2: yeah, I went to Plano um, too, Plano East too.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, Pesh. And then um, we just literally wanted to build something, dude. So we turned a $300, uh, you know, kind out of out-of-the-box software into, you know, a multimillion-dollar business in the on-demand space. Um, mm. We exited that company. And then I moved to L.A. Um, mm. I started working with media personalities, individuals, execs, you know, in media, and starting to understand uh, advertising. I actually launched my agency in L.A. You know, I kind of just went right into the influencer marketing space. So I was originally, you know, one of the first individuals in that space. I even own influence.com uh, currently, mm. which is, you know, my agency. So I went from there, uh, moved back to Dallas, um, joined a startup called Exposure, um, formerly known as Geek Leagues, uh, as their CMO in their early stage uh, funding team. Um, went well, you know, uh, left that company um, after, like I said, finding another need in the space. Um, mm-hmm. So that brings you today, which is I'm a co founder and CMO of a company called StreamSum. And uh, what we do is we focus on contextual targeting and advertising and marketing. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where we are now, man. I'm really blessed to be in this position. And uh, my biggest thing is to bring more individuals like myself that doesn't come from that traditional Ivy League background or, hey, four year degrees. I actually graduate, I actually, um, dropped out of school my senior year to start my first company. Oh, wow. Yeah. But uh, I saw this tweet yesterday and it was like, name the uh, college course that changed your life. And everyone yeah. asked that college course that changed their life. And I actually have two. So mm-hmm. my first one was at Texas Other University my sophomore year. Um, it was, I was taking uh, Professor Rose's class, his business law class. Mm-hmm. um and then you know he just basically just going in on you know the ethics of business um you know some of your foundational you know market principles 101 mm-hmm. i mean if you've taken business you know um mm-hmm. and then that second course was at unt my senior year mm-hmm. it was uh, a history course and we were covering slavery and uh, okay. um just didn't agree with what something the professor said and she was just like well what do you know and I was just like, oh, cool. So I explained, well, what I know about this particular topic. And I walk out of the class and never come back to the university again as a student, but as an hmm. entrepreneur. Um, and, you know, like I said, I've seen success since then. So now I go back to that same university and give speeches. And- wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very full circle moment, man. So, yep. Yeah, that's pretty much the background in a very clip note version. Yeah, that's super dope, man.
2: Um, Quick question. So when you first got into tech, um, there's a brevity of different roles, different paths you can do, right? You can be an engineer, you can be a designer, you can get into products. How did you make that choice to like be in the marketing slash product role?
1: Um, So marketing has always followed me. My junior year at PESH, I was actually in a DECA competition um, nationwide. And, you know, we actually did very well. Uh, so it always stuck with me. I've always taken marketing classes, you know, ever since then. Um, but to be honest with you, it wasn't necessarily the marketing role that I chose. It chose me in a sense because I chose CEO. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to basically run companies, build companies. And the biggest thing I noticed about marketing is that there's two types of marketers. There's the, you know, the, the analytical marketer that makes decisions based on data. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other marketer that just don't ask for permission and you're a straight hustler and you go yeah. and experiment and experiment until you get it done. Well, I'm both. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely both. When yes. um, I yeah. started out, I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to ask for permission. So I'll give you a definite example. When I was running my uh, first company, Greedy, out in Denton, we were trying to figure out how do we get sales up? You know, like mm-hmm. there was, you know, we were doing like 10, 15 orders a day, which is pretty good. You know, like for mm-hmm. college students, um, you know, it's about you know maybe a hundred, two hundred dollars a day in profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was just like, this isn't enough. We're not growing fast enough. So we had this uh, thing where we would knock on these restaurant doors, and we was like, hey, you guys want to you know make addiction revenue by offering delivery to parent customer base in Denton County? Mm-hmm. Oh no, this isn't something we'll be interested in. And I was like, okay, bet. So what I did was I put the restaurant on the, uh, the restaurants <laughs> on our platform without anyway. you, exactly, <laughs> any day, exactly. And, um, our sales skyrocketed. So I literally took Chipotle logo and I took a local, um, logo from a restaurant that was popular called via bites. Um, mm-hmm. via, and I basically just flashed them all around the school and put our phone number on there. I'm talking mm-hmm. about, we went from mm-hmm. 10 to 20 orders a day to hundreds of orders a day. From this one particular university so we went from yeah exactly we go from 100 200 a day of profit to about 30 40 thousand dollars a month in mr uh, monthly revenue and that's mm. when i knew i had something
0: damn that's wild bro so I, I gotta ask you this man so with your current company stream something for me it sounds like a black colloquialism right um was that intentional
1: it wasn't i promise it wasn't it's just kind of I guess it just kind of lands that way when you put the cards out.
0: <laughs> Got you. You know, I went to that uh, mindset because, you know, I'm always thinking about the impact of our culture and especially our young black kids. Right. And for them to see companies that do well, but sound like the vernacular that we speak on a daily. I mean, I think that's pretty damn cool. So when I saw stream some, I was like, oh, man, come on, stream some! Like, I just immediately thought it was like, you know, a black colloquialism. But, you know, that's just interesting.
1: Yeah, no, actually I um I inherited the name Streamsum uh from my co-founder Adam. Uh, he's our CEO as well. So mm-hmm. um I actually inherited it and uh we actually just kind of took it and rebranded and you know now it's the amazing brand that it is today, which you know yeah. we haven't even launched our new branding, which will come in Q2. So Oh
0: nice, nice. Um Thinking back to your, you know, your college experience, I hear, hear similar stories like that. What made you say, you know what, fuck this, I'm out?
1: It was a lot of things I was going through at the time mentally. Um, my grandfather had just passed, um, and then also like I was in this like hard place between, um, you know, paying like the balance that I owed the school, and then mm-hmm. also like you know trying to figure out you know what my next move was. And she just kind of pissed me off, and I was just like, you know what. <laughs> Is it really worth paying the school this money, or should I go start a company and bet on myself? I mean, I've went four years in school. I'm about to graduate. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what's this p- paper mean? Like, and this right. course that I was in was one of the courses that I didn't transfer over from TSU, so it was also a course that I had already taken. So yeah. I was just like, bro, fuck this. Like, I don't need it. Like, I've already mm-hmm. been through school. Mm-hmm. I've already taken all my business curriculum. So yeah. let's go start a company, bro. Uh, and that's literally what we did at the Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's wild, Starbucks, in this, yeah, Starbucks and this co- local coffee house called Banter Coffee. And then was our office for a long time.
0: So as you reflect on your journey, can you detail the work ethic you have? Because people see the check, but not the work. And they have a hard time understanding the level of effort it requires.
1: It's not only that effort, it's that discipline. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing that I totally did not have was discipline. Um, mm-hmm. um, now my co-founder at the time uh, of that company he was super disciplined in a sense uh, for you know the age we were we were young founders black founders at that so right? it was mm-hmm. unheard of being yeah. tech Yeah so my mom like, was like you know like everyone was yeah. like what yeah. what is it how much you want to build a Facebook They're like yeah. like what <laughs> so yeah, so it was one of those. But to be honest with you, it was this point um, that saved my life, and um, mm-hmm. still in that my everyday life was just you know beneficial to who I am today. So like I like to tell people I live a military lifestyle, and I've never been in the military a day in my life. But what I do right. is I read on mi- militant leaders, in you know past life uh, Julius Caesar is one of my favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. I read these types of leaders, um, and I understand you know some of the necessary characteristics that you need to be successful mm-hmm. and a lot of times you know these this information is found in books so i'm an avid reader as well so as i talk about the discipline into my life i'm reading every day whether it's an article online or a hard or a hardback book mm-hmm. um and really just showing up every day too dude like so i mean like i said i'm not every day at 5 a.m mm-hmm. um, you know i try to find it balance, work life balance between myself. So like that five to seven is usually that time for myself. So I meditate, I'm drinking coffee, a uh, green juice, or I'm listening to jazz, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm golfing, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. doing those type of things in the morning, mm-hmm. and uh, which gets me here for the day. And then after that, you know, it's straight hardcore meetings all day. And then I'm also really, really disciplined with my time. Time management yeah. is one of the things that. I'm, yeah. I may mean, come off as an asshole at times. Yeah. With friends <laughs> and family. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. They want to understand is because you know, like, like I said, I'm hard on time. So there's a time to bullshit, and there's a time mm-hmm. to play, there's a time to work, there's a time to read, there's mm-hmm. a time for every single thing in my life, and I move off the calendar. Mm-hmm. I, even that's my girlfriend. Like even oh, yeah. then, like. Our date night, our vacations. Oh, yep. it, bro. Yeah, Yeah, you know, like we're getting ready to do something. Yeah. She's sending me Google Calendar advice. For, you know. <laughs> <day> yeah. <night. laughs> Yo. No, There's no one. lie.
2: That when we when we linked up, he had every. He showed me his calendar. It was spot on. Like. For yeah.
1: Real? real talk. That's
2: that's really impressive.
1: Yeah. So and that's the discipline um, that I have built into my life, and I have time for everything. So people are like, man, how do you have time for this, 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 this? Well, mm-hmm. I sacrifice. Uh, but I also go to sleep at like 9, 30, 10 every day, so like I'm not late work. Yeah. I don't do that late through the night because I'm not efficient
2: mm-hmm. during
1: those hours. And mm-hmm. um, I, I like to be able to work at my best, at, you know, at all times. So I'm usually going hardcore between hours of like seven and like six. Those are my work hours. Outside of that, don't seven, talk to me six. about work after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I, I feel you on that. That's real, and I think. You're very right, bro. Like you look at the really successful people, they go by a schedule. They have all that shit laid out. So I mean, it's cool to not only see, you know, the big, big people, but it's like people that look like us also follow and stick to that same regiment. That that's that's beautiful. It you it's know, funny too.
1: Like I said, you seem like assholes to people mm-hmm. like us because they don't understand. They like, oh, you're too good to talk to me, or you good, you too good to make time for me. And I'm like, no, that's not the case at all. It's just mm-hmm. I have tunnels. Of- so you don't have, you don't align with this. It's not, oh, I don't have time for you at all. It's, yeah. I don't have time for you right now, mm-hmm. but I'm always yeah. circle back. And I do that every time, like I always pick up the phone or I, you know, I send text back now. Is it when you want me to? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm gonna get back to it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Can you talk about some of the roadblocks you faced as a young black tech entrepreneur? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Understanding, and when I say understanding, um, other individuals in the space didn't get. help and my co-founder at the time um, when we were first entering the tech space, especially in you know a conservative city like Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't understand us, and when I say understand, you know we use the word diversity a lot today. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't understand my background and where I come from to you know to understand why I think. How I think and why I talk the way I talk, mm-hmm. and um, it took a minute before I wouldn't even say just the tech space, but for the world to catch on to us and mm-hmm. how we go about doing things, and you know, it kind of comes back to like this dude like it's this buzzword to diversity and yeah. why mm-hmm. I put around mm-hmm. individuals that think differently to mm-hmm. get to excellent goal. Like that should have been implemented a long time ago. And yeah. that's one of the core values of my current company. Like we really focus on diversifying our founding team and our, like including the team that we're gonna be hiring soon is because we understand that people from different walks of life think differently and that takes mm-hmm. the companies to higher levels, new, new mm-hmm. levels. I mean, you're prosperous that way. Mm-hmm. Another, I would say another rate, uh, major roadblock could be uh, family and friends.
0: Mm-hmm. oh yeah. okay it's um, a powerful one yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah how did you balance that uh to be honest with you it was it was something i saw from Diddy like a while back and then i was also talking to one of my uh, mentors and he would say you love your family and you got to understand that you're doing all this for your family and your legacy that mama, sister's mm-hmm. brother cousin aunties." Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not that your family can be toxic. Granted, they can, and I—I I don't. Mm-hmm. That's not my situation at all.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but they can be needy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, and they can just need you to be honest. It's just not even a fact of being needy. It's just if you're focused and you have that tunnel vision, then sometimes you—you can't go to the family gathering. You can't talk to mommy. You know, what I'm saying for an hour mm-hmm. about you know whatever. You can't yeah. go link up with bro. You know what I'm saying? You can't. They'll kick it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this with the, you have to really understand what the mm-hmm. end goal is and who it's for. And mm-hmm. sometimes they're not gonna get that, bro. But you know what? When the mm-hmm. came and I was able to take care of the family. <laughs> yeah. Got yeah. So now, now I... guess what? Now they don't, oh, they don't even call me during the week. Yeah. <laughs> they take on me and all that good stuff, but like i have to call them and be like, y'all straight, y'all good? and I, I love the way that is now uh, yeah. because you know at first it, it seemed like they were always bothering me and I hate to make people feel like they were bothering me. It's not the case. Um, yeah,
0: that makes sense, man. And it's it's something I'm gonna be honest with you. It's something that I kind of struggle with at times. You know, um, you know, I'm I'm on my way towards that ascension, and it it does feel like my time is being pulled, and I need to focus on that. So that's, it's very impactful for me to hear that because, you know, sometimes I feel, I get in my mode and I feel bad, but I I have a goal and I'm doing this for them. Do you think oftentimes, you know, us in our position, we have, we get too much pressure put on us to take care of the family?
1: Absolutely, and that's only in black families. Yeah, yeah. It's all for Black yeah. though, too. Like, and the biggest that's thing bad. I would say, and we should be changing that narrative, and that's one of my main goals is the, like, and I always say this, too, and just kind of piggyback on that family and friend situation where it's like, hey, look, I can pour into you guys' glasses if the picture is empty. And yeah. and that's just straight up. Like, if I'm mm-hmm. not putting more within myself and, you know, making sure yeah. I'm leveling do the things to support the family and pour into those glasses, then... What good am I?
0: I feel you, bro. (laughs) That's some shit. That's a fact. After like selling your first company, what are some of the things you tell a young entrepreneur to avoid after securing the bag?
1: (laughs) Turning up. Like you said, young entrepreneur. So, like, Mm -hmm. I would say turning up and realizing, you know, you're you're not rich. Like, you just not. You got money, but it's (laughs) a level of shit, bro. Yeah. I can't stress that enough. Um, you, you got a bag, but secure a bigger bag and focus on legacy. Um, mm-hmm. And this is just from experience. You know, yeah, you're not rich um, enough, fam. <laughs> <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> right, yeah,
0: that makes sense. I think a lot of us, I mean, there's a lot of messages and things that get thrown in our face, you know, with that, with that sort of thing. And we go off and go spend. And I think part of that is generational, right? We don't. We don't have that generational wealth, so the minute we get a little bit of something, we got to, like, flaunt, spend, or do whatever we do. Yeah.
1: The other thing, too, is, like, when you sell a company or mm-hmm. quote-unquote exit or whatever you want to call it, it's mm-hmm. not... A lot of people think you're rich, and that's, it's not the case, bro. Like, you see that big number in the media or you see this big mm-hmm. number, you know, somewhere, and they don't realize that. But your bills, like, your investors, your... Mm-hmm. Cap table, Mm -hmm. your team members, people that worked for you, insurance policies. Like, there's so many things you have to pay for Mm -hmm. to even think about the money that's left over for you and, uh, you know, the team members. So you may Mm be got rich, but realistically, Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) I think as a community, there's this stigma, not even stigma, but I think it's more of like Black people can only be rappers, athletes, things like that. How do we get more? Because I think the focus of, of this podcast is to really help people who are underrepresented in tech learn more about these positions. So how do we, as a people, try to get more of our people in this space? Because like ever, you used to always tell me mm-hmm. the reason why you started UXZ Academy is because you want our people to eat.
1: Mm-hmm. How do
2: we get our people in these type of roles?
1: I would do more conversations like this. Um, and that's why I take these type of conversations all the time. Like, just a short group of friends myself. You can see me leading multiple uh, initiatives mm-hmm. with black and tech and mm-hmm. just really, mm-hmm. like, my, I just I just led startup, down the startup week and I was talking mm-hmm. about um, AI and how mm-hmm. innovation is in the hood and how we need to see more individuals in the space. Um, mm-hmm. So the biggest thing is, like I said, conversations like this, companies like Blavity, for example, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Afrotech, that Just passed this past this past week, -hmm. Um, and more successful entrepreneurs and employees within tech. So a lot of people think that oh, you have to start a company to be rich in tech. That's not the case at all. I have multiple rich uh, friends and individuals in Silicon Valley, LA, New York, um, Mm -hmm. and are rich from being employees at amazing companies um, like the Googles Mm -hmm. of the world, Salesforce, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Facebook, even Uh, so. I, I think Google. So it's like people need to understand that um, you know, tech is the way to really get the bag right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so yeah. serious. Usually, traditionally yeah. was always real estate, <laughs> uh, stock market. Dude, mm-hmm. like you can come into mm-hmm. tech as a product manager, a product designer, mm-hmm. and make two fifty a year and mm-hmm. good. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a matter mm-hmm. of what you want. Being able to yeah. connect too, not staying in that shell as. Yeah. Dude, like network yeah that's the big thing too man it's like yeah not, network is your like your net worth it's, it's so serious like
0: I, I feel you on that 100 i try to tell people all the time you know one of the things at least my selling point to people when it comes to transitioning to become a product designer or a mm-hmm. ux designer ux researcher is like dude you can literally make six figures without a degree mm-hmm. Six figures, oh, no degree, no caps. <laughs> straight up. And I'm trying to tell people, like, literally, it's just leveraging the skills first year, you dude. already have. In the first year, in the first year, yeah. you can leverage the skills you already have. But they don't teach us that mm-hmm. shit. They don't teach us that no, they don't. So So um, at any point, you know, when you were, you know, pitching your ideas, um, did you... Did you run into a situation where, like, imposter syndrome? And if so, how did you motivate yourself to get out of that mindset? Um,
1: Entrepreneurs have imposter syndrome at least once or twice a week. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And the way I get out of it, dude, is just taking a step back and realizing who the fuck I am. Like, I've done amazing things, and I haven't done anything close to what I'm about to do. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where that imposter syndrome comes in, because I know what I'm trying to do now. And Mm -hmm. it's not easy. It's a moonshot. And you don't see Black founders in moonshot companies, bro. Mm Like That's like Mm -hmm. Mark Zuckerberg back in 2008 saying, I want to build Facebook into one of the world's largest social media platforms.
0: Mm -hmm. To him,
1: Mm -hmm. a a white guy from Harvard University, they look at him and be like, oh, okay, maybe he can do that. Mm -hmm. But here... I have to come with so much more to even think about getting you know an investment or someone to believe in Mm -hmm. that i can build something like that
0: no matter what my
1: background is right now so so that's the biggest thing uh talking to vcs uh institutional money angels you know sometimes you get those no's and sometimes you they don't believe in you so it's easy to kind of come back and be like you know that imposter syndrome and
0: Mm-hmm. Am I
1: really good enough to build what I'm marketing to the world that I'm building? Yeah. Um, But like I said, I just kind of full circle and be like, "Look, you got yeah. this far without asking for permission, and you know what? If this company fails, start a month, just start another one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just Start yeah. Another yeah. one, and let's keep it moving. Because um, like I said, I've already I felt like I've already got to the point to where, like, like I'm good. Like you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like goal is to continuously get to the back and to make sure that i'm developing myself to be the best version every single day um, mm-hmm. that's all i'm focused on dude and now that's legacy for me yeah so the bookments that come after me it's just like what do i leave for them so
0: right right was your confidence in business innate or was it cultivated it was innate you
1: know? um i grew up yeah i grew up knowing that you know like like my family was super like supportive of me in general mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. my siblings as well but um even my siblings would just always look at me like man i don't know it's just so yeah. About you. <laughs> Like yeah yeah it's different. <laughs> yeah my mom um, like my whole family, even friends, my teachers, they, and like, and I'm just gonna be honest with you, I wasn't a brilliant kid by a long like long shot. to be honest, with you. I had like C's in elementary, mm-hmm. and uh, I started getting like A's, like, when I hit freshman year, I started to take school very serious. Okay. Um, yeah, I wanted to go Ivy League, to be honest with you, and actually oh, got wow. into Stanford. Yeah, oh, nice, nice. That's a story I never tell people. I got into Stanford, but I decided to play basketball. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, so. Okay. Yeah, playing basketball. And I was like, I'm going to follow the hoop dreams. Dah, 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 dah. <laughs> I didn't have a scholarship thing, So I was just, you know what? I'm going to go hoop at Mississippi State. Then mm-hmm. uh, I spent some time there. And then I went to Texas Southern, still mm-hmm. trying to follow the hoop dreams. And it was at that yeah. point when I was like, all right, bro, look. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't gonna work, but yeah. What else you got? Yeah. So do I, do I regret going, you know, not going to stay? hell? Yeah. Uh, but. You know, who knows where my tech career could have been today? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're I doing mean, it. I love where I am. Yeah, I'm still doing yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're doing it. If you had a chance to leave a voice memo to yourself five years in the past, what would you tell yourself?
1: I actually have voice memos to myself from five Oh, years. wow. That's live. Yeah. I have literally my first pitch when I was pitching to an accelerator and investors here in Dallas. I still have it as a voice memo from 2014. Oh shit. Yeah, like like that. Yeah. (laughs) Um so I do a real voice memo. So a real voice memo to myself, it was late, like that night, dude. We were like uh starting greedy, and I was just like, dude, don't give up. You're gonna listen to this later. And you Mm -hmm. know, I said you're gonna be like, dude, like you really built something. And I needed that at that time because dude, like it was a struggle. Like you talk about imposter syndrome, you talk about Depression, you're talking about like, dude, like, did I make the right decision leaving school? Um, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I got lucky, my mom gave me a house, like, so mm-hmm. I was, like, I moved all my team into the house, my little brother. Oh, wow, and I put it. yeah, so it turned into our hack house, mm-hmm. um, plus my little brother. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we was,
1: yeah, we was turning up, bro. And when I say turning up, like, we was really getting to how mm-hmm. we build it in our company, mm-hmm. um, so I that's what that voice memo was telling myself it's just like don't give up and look back at this and you're gonna really appreciate and understand the hard work it took to get to this next level and i was doing that on my mom's mac you know i'm mm-hmm. in the office mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's real bro
1: yeah i think people don't understand
2: how hard it is to actually build a software company you know i think people kind of take it a little lightly but there are so many things that go into it like engineering and then product and uh, also design what's some advice you would give designers working with engineers and also working in that product uh, development environment just to give them a good understanding of what that's really like
1: yeah um, the biggest thing is they should listen to their customers really focus on customer uh, discovery as early as you can because Mm -hmm. you don't want to build something they think they come and you don't want to build something that Think it's the right product to launch the market when you don't have enough data to validate that. So mm-hmm. one thing that we always focus on early stages, the earliest stages of companies, is just getting out and validating the idea as fast as mm-hmm. possible. Uh, I would say stay there, don't go into this hardcore design okay. process. Like, oh, we're yeah. gonna kill them with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go find out what they want. Do your research mm-hmm. and go back and build the product mm-hmm. with data behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the biggest thing you can do is gonna save you a lot of money and time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I've, run, no.
1: I've run into that a lot working,
2: just making these assumptions that what users want or what customers want, and then when you actually test it, it just mm-hmm. doesn't work. You have to go back. So it's really expensive. Like yeah. you said, not speaking with customers and validating uh, these these ideas, for sure.
0: Yeah. No, you're not lying. I, I've I've run across that same shit all the time, and a lot of it is like and it's based off of opinions of people that's in house. It's like our opinions, at the end of the day, don't mean shit. Like, Let's go talk to the people we're building this for. Let's see what their opinions are. So that, yeah, you're totally right on that. I kind of want to jump back to the family and friends aspect. Have you lost any friends along your journey? And how did you come to accept that?
1: I was gonna ask that question. Great question. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Did I lose friends? That's a tough answer. I wouldn't say I lost friends. I would say, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, <laughs> I love friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I did um, because I just got really focused and mm-hmm. they're also like, I wouldn't say I lost them. they are people I could come back to and we could talk and it's still the same amount yes. of love. Yeah, uh, So, And they just understand the type of person that I am and know those are my friends. Now, mm-hmm. were there people in my life before I started companies? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and are they still in my life? No Um, but mm-hmm. did I consider them friends? At this point in my life no, mm-hmm. like they were people I, were, I grew up with Um, and you know I really learned the true value of friendships at the start of the company so to yeah. label them as friends now yeah. it's, it's tough you know yeah let's just call them that you cl- <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: that makes sense man that makes sense. As you're Building a company um, or executing your ideas, did you feel any pressure to speed up like your internal timeline on your product as a result of watching other people's success?
1: <laughs> I got a perfect example of that. So, um, DoorDash, are you guys familiar with DoorDash? Oh, yeah, I used it yesterday. <laughs> 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 yeah, so they're actually about to go IPO soon. Um, oh, yeah. Kind of give you a glimpse of how early, like, I'm always ahead of the game in a sense, I'm always a step behind. These guys. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'll give you an example. DoorDash launched six months before I launched Greedy. I was mm-hmm. reading DoorDash's first blog post when I was writing a blog post at Greedy um, when we launched. So, kind of wow. an example of the headlines when we were going, uh, when we were launching, was mm-hmm. uh, North Texas uh, Entrepreneurs Challenges, Grubhubs, Hubs, Postmates, and DoorDash. Um, So, yeah, um, I've had conversations with Tony as well um, early Mm -hmm. on in that career and life of DoorDash. And um, it's funny to be even, you know, we were labeled competitors as those guys early on. Um, Yeah. So as even more to me, like, yo, like, that's dope. Like, yeah, yeah, for real. It validates, you know, my hustle even more. um, Yeah. In the streets.
0: Yeah, man. And that's, I mean. I spoke to you before, man, but I got to give a hand to you, man, just to like, just to see one of us, like mm-hmm. be there at that time, be a competitor to those type of things, to those companies. I mean, that's, that's really huge, bro. And I don't know if you've taken a step back and understand that at times, but I just want to say, man, that's fucking huge. And I, 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 appreciate I appreciate you for that, bro. I really do.
1: appreciate that.
0: How many times do you remind yourself along your journey that, I know what the fuck I'm doing.
1: Every day, dude. Like, man, I, I don't want to say I challenge my thoughts every single day, but I really like I really do. Um, mm-hmm. Because being in this space is easy to get lost in the sauce yeah. as far as, like, um, oh, like this could go this big or this could be this big or this idea is a great, bro. I got a whole, like, yeah. I just know. My phone. And I just write notes, affirmations, ideas, and I'm just like, all right, this is a good idea. I go back to, all right, bro, this wasn't a good idea. Or, yeah. I see a company launch, and I'm like, damn, I wrote that idea down a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but awesome. I also, I also come back and I just say, you know what? Not, to, it's not big enough. And at this point in my life, I need something that's gonna make a splash. So.
2: So with. Um- Eat Greedy and StreamSum, how has design impact, impacted those two companies? Because I'm sure early on with Eat Greedy, design maybe was something that was like maybe an afterthought. But now I'm sure with StreamSum, design is at the forefront. So what are some of the differences that you guys had
1: well, I actually have a UI UX designer for streaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um starting greedy, bro. I didn't know anything about that shit. I didn't know what a UI UX designer was. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know none of that. To me, design was graphic design. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. So talk I'm coming into
1: yep. the space and really like as an infant and growing into Oh, these models are, these are data warehouses. Yeah. These are, you know, UI, UX. You got to focus on the experience. You, you know, oh, like yeah. onboarding, mm-hmm. like how do you onboard someone? Like how do they go through your uh, platform? Like user journeys, like it's totally different now. Um, yeah. And that also comes back to some other companies that I was a part of. Like I've been VP marketing CMO for multiple companies now, um, mm-hmm. um, national, of course. So. Um, it's a totally different experience uh, when you think about greedy. Like we bought an out-of-the-box software for like three hundred bucks and turned mm-hmm. it into what it was. So yeah. um, when we talk about design, dude, it was a sh- crappy design. It was, <laughs> like, it, it was terrible. Uh, it was really terrible. But our, our new version, our second version of the product, though, mm-hmm. was amazing, and the focused solely on on board on board. Pick a restaurant, check out. On board, pick a restaurant, check out. So Mm -hmm. it was a very simplistic um, user journey, but we wanted to just check out, um, you know, customers as fast as possible and get them to order the, you know, the desired food that they wanted. So we did limited menus, for example. Uh, We did... um, easier uh, selections on how to customize um, dishes so you know things like that was coming into design Uh, Mm -hmm. that's how i started learning more about design because people were like hamburgers and i was like I can't choose Buster or mayo or like, yeah. like oh, yeah, we need to add that. Like, yeah. So it was, yeah. it was more the customers telling us like, oh, you need this in here or you need that in there. And we took those feedback and we looked at the numbers like, okay, let's go with this first because we had the most requests for this version. So mm-hmm. It was still data driven mm-hmm. and that's what started that thought process for me.
0: Got you. Got you. So, if you could create an entrepreneur's Toolkit for aspiring entrepreneurs, what would you include in there?
1: Ah, oh, man, I can't give you too much sauce on that. I'm actually creating one right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, okay. <laughs> and, uh, I'm actually creating a product right now. So I do a lot of consulting on the side. And mm-hmm. one of the things I've noticed is that a lot of um, black individuals and um, underestimated individuals asking, Hey, Don, how do I start a business? And mm-hmm. I was just like, man, I always find myself talking to someone at least an hour or two a week about mm-hmm. that for free. I want yeah, to continue yeah. to do that, but I want to understand how to do it at scale. Uh, so yeah. um, my girlfriend actually suggested this. She was like, babe, maybe you should just like make a white paper or a course or something. and Just mm-hmm. put it for sale and see how many people were really invest in themselves mm-hmm. to take it to the next level. And yeah. um, that's what I'm doing now. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to make okay. a course on entrepreneurship. And, and this is the thing, bro, like, I see a mm-hmm. lot of successful entrepreneurs create different types of courses. and ebooks. This is just jargon of Google information. I really want to mm-hmm. kind of make uh, actionable um, information for individuals within this course. So, like, by the time you're done with my course, like, mm-hmm. I want you to have an LLC. I want you to understand business credit, DUNS number. I want you to understand everything. Mm-hmm business up and then i may make a second course on how to actually grow the business but it needs to yeah. be segmented and very targeted for the mm-hmm. and it also needs to be relatable um, yeah. to the audience you're selling it to like bro why are you coming in talking all these damn tech jargon our business yeah. jargon? You guys don't understand it. so maybe mm-hmm. implementing something like a glossary from the get-go and getting them to understand business yeah. from a fundamental aspect first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's important for me. and um i plan to get scholarships so free courses on this like this i really want to give away more free items than i do paid and yeah the reason why i want to do that is because i know that that customer lifetime value in this census they're going to come back for that next course
0: man it's it's wild just like hearing you say that shit because literally what like uxd is it's i don't speak to people when it comes to transitioning to product design, I don't, I'm not going to throw all these damn crazy jargon out there and confuse you. I'm going to talk to you how I would talk to you on the street. Hey, look, this is what you need to do X, Y, and Z. And here's how you do it. And by the end of taking my course, you should be able to confidently walk into an interview and kill it and get that job. That's what I want at the end of people taking a UXD Academy, of course, from start to finish by the end of it. You should know how to walk into that job interview and kill it. Period. I see a lot of absolutely. people get their money taken because, like you said, it's just Google terms and information repackaged, and but it doesn't ex- really truly explain anything. So yeah, it's just wild hearing you say that.
1: Yeah, and that's why I don't think it's an ebook offering that should be done. I think it's necessarily course, like absolutely.
0: What? Is the number one factor that stops us black people from profiting from our
1: creativity in your eyes <laughs> supporting other cultures than our own? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a big straight up. Like, it's so many times I've seen it, like, bro, I give a new direct answer, Now I know some people are gonna hate me, including some of my clients for saying this before X. Yeah, I've been yeah. researching forex, and the MLM model founded by—no offense to white people—I love white people—but um, mm-hmm. a white guy. And then I look at the forex Chris model; Terry. it's dominantly owned by black individuals. And I was just like, "How does this make sense?" Like, and then I go inside of the forex uh, systems, and I understand, bro. This is built on teachable, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, and they added simulations. And I looked at this, and I was like, "Damn, I could probably make a core, a forex charge out monthly." And I was like, well, mm-hmm. "Why hasn't someone created a version, a new version of this?" And they call mm-hmm. it the academy. And I was like, "Why yeah. hasn't one person created a new version of this?" Mm-hmm. And did you know? Did the same thing for our people instead of letting this guy profit off the MLM model? Yeah, for black people sign up, and I was yeah. just like. No. like this should not be like this. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not hard, dude. It's just a matter of like,
0: yeah,
1: you are gonna let this other guy come in with the money, give you a little something, something, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. pay some black forces mm-hmm. come in. Mm-hmm. To person, mm-hmm. you
2: know
1: what I'm yeah, bro. Like, so stop letting our culture be stolen. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing for me. Yeah, yeah.
2: It, it's it's crazy that you bring up forex because I actually used to trade it back in. Uh, I started in 2016, but I was it's never rude. a part of like. Yeah, I was never part of like the uh, the IML or the multi-level marketing stuff. And I saw how people slowly started to gravitate uh, take towards it, especially our people, like I think two years ago,
1: our people mm-hmm. have
2: kind of like taken over that whole thing. And it's
1: like you said, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing too about it, dude, the Academy is just educational resources. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. like <laughs> y'all paying monthly, and signing more people up mm-hmm. for educational resources, I was like, oh, cool. I'm about to start my course.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I'm yeah. sign
1: up for my course and learn how to do businesses and, you know I'm saying, actually open businesses before mm-hmm. you do what. And, yeah. And I don't want to knock Forex because it's very real. I have clients mm-hmm. that I do consulting for mm-hmm. um, and they're very successful. In it. But it's the same thing that I'm telling them is like, let's start our mm-hmm. own financial literacy company and get people to understand how to not only invest in Forex, mm-hmm. but invest in other business initiatives and opportunities as well.
0: I completely hear you with that, man. It's, uh, it's kind of cliche, but we see it when, when we start something, you know, we're not so uh, easily to give ours, give ourselves a chance. And, you know, that, that really irks the hell out of me, man. And it's like, you know, again white people they could they could put something out there it should be garbage but oh let's give them a shot but you know if black people put something say out there I, bro damn bro That's y'all couldn't I get, I that,
1: get that right guys talking to you i think uh who said this i heard it over the weekend it was uh i think it was like t.i trying to get into a sushi restaurant or something mm-hmm. and he was, like forcing himself in he was mad i was mm-hmm. like bro you got hella money why are you forcing them to take your money like because they yeah. don't want you in there yeah i think i was hearing like money bag or somebody say like shit i ain't about to force myself in there like it's my money Like i'm gonna go somewhere else and spend my yeah. money actually I right. not money Bag. it was bad man kevo my bad mm-hmm. uh it mm-hmm. was, was bad man and i got a lot of respect for dude
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: he's really you know showing folks how to really take their credit seriously and you know level up and be more mm-hmm. legit like, mm-hmm. so you know expected those type of dudes that not only have a background but I've also shown how they can pull themselves up after you know mm-hmm. all of that that's, that's going on and become something so
0: yeah yeah so with that being said how do you think we bridge the, a better relationship between us
1: man bro I think it's happening um mm-hmm. like I said we need to see more successful black people in other things other than rapping sports, yeah media um mm-hmm. and really mm-hmm. them in like powerful roles, like CEOs, CMOs, CTOs, Chief Product yeah. Officer, mm-hmm. like uh, VP of Marketing, VP of Products. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we need to see more of this, and we need to also not only see it, but be more involved. Mm-hmm. Mentorship yeah. is one of the most powerful things in the world, and then also access, mm-hmm. seeing it. You know, like, one of our initiatives and in our like our missions at one of my previous companies, Geekly, mm-hmm. which is now an exposure, was these black individuals in DeSoto, Southern Sector of Dallas needs to mm-hmm. see, they need to see STEM to, uh, STEM education. They mm-hmm. need to see the type of resources being available in the hood and showing that hey, innovation lives here and mm-hmm. don't think mm-hmm. anywhere else. Keep it here. And mm-hmm. uh, I have a lot of respect for Danny for doing that. And that's mm-hmm. one of the main reasons I joined Geek mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No. You. You're hitting it right on the head, bro, because like I said, I it's just when you don't see, you don't know. And, yeah. you know, I think that's that's very, very important. And it's part of the reason why I have, you know, UXD Academy has a scholarship now where I will take I take five high school graduates. I put them in my course to, to train them to be a product designer. Right. But I also buy them a new laptop and I pay for their software subscriptions for up to two years. So because I know how it felt for me going to college, you know, not having a lot of money, but trying to figure out how I can send money home. That's a lot. And then you gotta deal with school on top of that. I don't want these high school graduates to worry about that shit. Look, you got your laptop, you got your software. I need you to learn how to create so you can create for your community. That's really big for me. And I think, like you said, I think it is happening, you know, especially with Afro world and all this sort of things. I'll never forget. I went to Afro tech, I think in its second year. And the only reason why I, fa- yeah. And I think the only reason why I found out about it is because of Jay-Z in that 444 album. When he said, you know, mm-hmm. we had Afro Tech, I was like, what the hell is that? And I Googled it and I was like, oh, I'm going. You know, So it's like, I think we need to hear more of that, you know, um, and see more. of it. So I agree with you, bro. Absolutely. Shout out
1: to Morgan and Blavity and all those guys. Like
0: oh that. my gosh. She gave me some of the best piece of advice too. And she didn't even know me, but I never forget. They had the section, I think it was after the pitch competition, and then, you know, they just let people warm around and ask questions. And I went up to her and I asked her, how do I protect people from, like, stealing your ideas, right? And she told me, she was like, look, people ain't got time to steal your ideas. (laughs) At the end of the day, people don't have time to steal your ideas because they're working on their own. You need to push your ideas out there as often as you can so you can get feedback and people can poke holes in it. And so you know how to patch them up. And from that point, that that piece of yeah. advice changed my life. Changed my life. And she don't even know me, but I'm gonna get big enough to where I meet her again, and she'll know.
1: Back, that's that's good uh, advice that's Really good advice, um, and I totally agree with it because, I mean, you go down any mm-hmm. grocery store and you look down the bread aisle. There's tons of brands. There's tons of people making bread. So right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's, and the other thing too, very much similar to what she said, it's just like, dude, if you're working on your idea every single seeing mm-hmm. how
2: mm-hmm. can someone
1: catch you? They don't have time. Yeah, they mm-hmm. don't care as much as you do either. Like and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the thing that comes into uh, fruition when you're like building companies. It's just like, look, you're not gonna beat me because I'm passionate about this. You're gonna. Right. eventually fall off, go to the wayside. And I've seen it. And I've also seen it in my own use case scenario where I was like, oh, this is a profitable business. And I was like, I don't mm-hmm. care about this. Mm-hmm. Drop this, mm-hmm. focus on what I care about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. You mentioned like writing down ideas and, you know, in your notes and things like that. Where, where would you put um, a bigger weight on where your ideas come from? Is it from improving an existing experience that's out in the market or focus on a need or uh, solving a problem?
1: It for me, it's need and solving mm-hmm. a problem for myself. So okay. I'm a serial marketing um, tech entrepreneur. And what that means is I'm always in the marketing ramp of either starting a company or joining a company. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: So I've... I've pretty much been you know, around that ad tech, mark tech space and long enough to know the type of tools that I use and some of the tools that mm-hmm. I would like to see in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and streaming was one of those um, ideas where it was like, dang, I know this would be awesome, especially in eSports. And then I meet mean, Adam mm-hmm. and he was like, well, I got this idea. And we mm-hmm. clicked, we clicked immediately. And we took that idea, we brought in Gravinder, who's a former CTO of IBM. And we mm-hmm. built this super team to take on Streamsum, And now we're hiring our VP of sales and, you know, mm-hmm. a whole, a whole team for this of scientists, et cetera. And um, it started with a problem, which was one product. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that problem, which is that one product, now is a full-ass context engine mm-hmm. with multiple products on top of mm-hmm. it. Um, as we start to build that out, it's, it's going to be amazing to see where we take the heights of yeah. measurement and understanding yeah. digital media. So yeah
2: dope that's real how did how how did y'all go about getting funding is that like a whole world in itself or y'all already have connections
1: how did that work well we're a really experienced team um and we're actually raising money right now um Mm -hmm. it's not it's not easy at all no matter how experienced you are it's all about Mm -hmm. the market timing um customers like traction all of that good stuff. So I would just tell you like this dude, um, investor traction is hard, no matter who you are and where you are in your life. Uh, the biggest thing is trying to validate that idea as soon as possible with customers, traction and some form of LOI, revenue or you know, something. Um, and also like really do your uh, investor research, dude. Like if you don't match their thesis, why are you hitting them up to invest in your company? Right. If they invest right. in this segment or this vertical, then why are you talking to them? You're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also understand, like geographically speaking, if they invest in, like, what type of companies they usually invest in, what type of um, vehicles they usually invest in, is that a safe? Is that you know a convertible notes? What like what type of investors are you reaching out to, and what type of investors do you actually need, and how much money do you need, and what are you going to do to use that money?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. so your your knowledge of business obviously you learn by doing and you read what is like the number one resource that you would point someone to hey if you want to learn more about a lot of business uh, terminology obviously i know you're creating a course but what's a resource that you point somebody to
1: man google (laughs) Google, uh, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, Google, Though you can Google pretty much anything and find out whatever you need. And that's what pisses me off with mm-hmm. anyone, bro, like, mm-hmm. ask, like a crazy amount of questions. And I'm just like, dude, go, come <laughs> to me, not only with questions, but yeah. some research that you and some thought process that you have around your questions and we can have an educated discussion versus mm-hmm. me saying, oh, this is X, this is Y, mm-hmm. this is Z, this is how mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I want to understand how you think and us collectively can have a conversation on maybe the best solution for you. Um, right. That's my thing. It's just like, come to me with, come to me ready to talk because when I start yeah. a conversation on something that I know about, I'm expecting you to have a very educated yeah. conversation as well. And I, right. I don't take that light. At all. Um, right. I, I like for people to hear.
0: You know, again, I just want to say, you know, really, thank you so much.